In northern India, there lies a city, believed to be the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world, and the spiritual home of India. Thousands flock here each day to bathe in the water of the Ganges, to cremate their loved ones, to pray in their many temples, and or to commune and to learn. This city has a strong heritage in music, literature, arts and craft, the most cherished being the art of silk weaving, known the world over for the beautiful and prized Banarasi saris. It's also a city of legends with myths and tales of curiosity across its narrow alleyways and in its many ruins. It's a vibrant city of contrasts, a much-loved and revered holy city, a commercial city, a seat of learning, and all wrapped up in its daily bustle, noise and pollution. It is truly a land of silk and dreams. This is the story of Varanasi. Hello, I'm Leanne Walker and this is Wonder. Welcome to another episode of Wonder, the show where each week I bring you tales of wonder and curiosity from across the globe about the people, places and events that shape our daily lives. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got any questions you'd like to ask or provide any feedback, then do let us know by visiting www.injustoneday.com forward slash say hello. Thanks for being here. Varanasi is home to almost 4 million people and visited by nearly 2.5 million each year. It lies in northern India on the side of the holy river Ganges, a few miles further south from where it meets two other rivers, the Asi and the Varana. This holy city is in the southeastern part of the state of Uttar Pradesh in northern India. It rests on the left bank of the Ganges and is one of the seven sacred spots for Hindus. Every devout Hindu hopes to visit the city at least once in a lifetime to take a holy dip from the ghats of the Ganja, the famous steps leading down to the water, take a spiritual walk along the Panchakosi road that circles the city and if possible die in Varanasi in their dotage. Hindus believe that to die here on the bank of the Ganges is an assurance of heavenly bliss and moksha, or liberation from the endless cycle of birth, death and rebirth. Because of this belief, people who are dying or have loved ones who have recently passed away will carry them for many miles to this sacred spot for cremation. The city has been variously known as Avimukta, Varanasi and Kashi, which means the supreme light shines, but to locals is Banaras. Old Varanasi's ancient ruins lie in the northeastern part of the city on a plateau. Here, archaeologists discovered pottery from 1000 BC and broken masonry from as late as AD 1500, suggesting the area has been continuously inhabited for 2,500 years. Varanasi is believed to be the holiest of the seven sacred cities of Hinduism. It is known that in 528 BC, Buddha gave his first sermon in Sarnath, a nearby city, and this played a significant role in the development of Buddhism. People of all faiths come from all around the world to visit Varanasi for very different reasons. Today, a crowded, bustling, noisy, dirty city, but in ancient times the city was surrounded by gentle rolling hills 
lush forests and natural springs bordered by the magical waters of the river Ganges. At that time, the Ganges was clear, calm and cleansing. Today, however, in parts along its length, it is overcrowded, badly polluted, but still revered. It rises in the Himalayas and flows through India and Bangladesh for almost 1,600 miles until it finally reaches the Bay of Bengal. The Ganges, much like the city of Varanasi, is said to be one of the holiest places in the world. People believe that bathing in the Ganges washes away sins and cleanses you of all evil, and each morning you'll see hundreds of people bathing along the river, washing their clothes in it, and children swimming in it, all seemingly immune to the pollution. By the 8th century, legend has it that it was here in Varanasi where Lord Shiva and his consort, Parvati, stood at the start of time, and for that reason the city has become a centre for the worship of Shiva. Shiva is the third god in the Hindu triumvirate. The other two gods are Brahma and Vishnu. Brahma is responsible for the creation of the universe, Vishnu for the preservation of it, and Shiva's role is to destroy it so that it can be recreated. Hindus believe that Shiva, with his powers of destruction, destroys imperfections and illusions of this world, only to recreate new ones that are beneficial for all. Shiva is therefore seen as the source of both good and evil. Over the centuries, Varanasi and its surrounding areas suffered greatly under the demands of various rulers from different faiths and beliefs, and today few of the buildings date before the 16th century. Within this most holy of cities, temples were all around, and in the 17th century the Persians occupied Varanasi, and during that occupation many of Varanasi's Hindu temples were destroyed and replaced with mosques. From the 18th century onwards, the restoration began and new shrines were built and the temples of earlier generations recreated. This was the start of modern Varanasi as it stands today. There are now believed to be around 23,000 temples in Varanasi, a significant achievement. The city's primary Shiva shrine, the Golden Temple, was rebuilt in 1776 across the road from its original location that is now occupied by the Nanavapi Mosque. People visit Varanasi to experience all it has to offer in different ways. It's a city that affects you profoundly and one, I understand, that is not easily forgotten. Modern Varanasi is a city of great contrast. From a boat ride at sunrise on the Ganges, to the high banks of the 87 Ghats, the steep steps where people pray, wash, commune and cremate their loved ones, to those trying to negotiate the narrow winding alleys of the old city that are not open to cars but are crossed by scooters, bikes, rickshaws, animals and people, to the beautiful temple spires and the searing heat of the day. The holy city is encircled by a sacred path known as the Panchakosi Road. The road is approximately 45 miles long and pilgrims often take five days to walk it, visiting 108 shrines along the way. It's believed that anyone who dies within the boundaries of this road will be relieved of all their sins and go straight to paradise. Much of the daily life in Varanasi takes place on its 87 ghats. These stone steps that descend steeply towards the river Ganges and stretch northward into a crescent shape. Most of the ghats were built after 1700 and have inspired their own mythology. 
For example, the Assi Ghat is where the Ganges meets the River Assi, and although it's not as popular for tourists and visitors, it is an important Ghat for Hindus, as pilgrims bathe here before worshipping Lord Shiva. The most famous is the Desawamed Ghat, where every evening, as dusk descends, local people and tourists congregate in their thousands to watch the Ganga Arti being performed. An Arti is a devotional ritual that uses fire as an offering, so Ganga Arti is the making of an offering to the goddess Ganga, or Ma Ganga as she is known. The offering is usually a lit lamp, but here it's a small dish with a candle and flowers that is floated down the river. The light against the ripples of the water and the dark sky is quite a spectacle. The ceremony lasts about 20 to 30 minutes, during which priests perform rituals involving blowing horns, ringing bells, throwing flower petals, waving incense and pots. In Varanasi, the other important ghat is the Manikanika ghat, also known as the Cremation ghat. This is best viewed from a distance, as the blazing funeral pyres operate 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It's an emotional place where people come to offer up their loved ones, to grieve and to share in the experience. This tradition is strong and people come from all round to the banks of the Ganges to cremate their loved ones. Nearly 300 bodies are cremated every day. The many ghats have different purposes and uses and represent daily life in Varanasi. But beyond the ghats, life goes on. Commercial life, education, manufacturing, drinking, eating and chatter. Varanasi is not only a place for pilgrimage, it's also a great centre of learning and a place known for its heritage in music, literature, art and craft and in particular a cherished name in the art of silk weaving. The Banarasi silk saris and brocades produced here are prized all over the world. In the back streets of Varanasi, the very special tradition of hand weaving saris continues. The skills have been passed down the generations with men sitting in cramped conditions over looms producing the most exquisite, delicate and detailed work imaginable. For brides the world over, your wedding day is a special day, and your wedding outfit equally so. In India, it's the Banarasi sari that is revered, and every bride wishes for one. Silk weavers from Gujarat migrated to the Varanasi area in the 17th century, and by the 19th century, Varanasi was the textile capital of the region. It has been said that it was the Mughal Emperor Akbar, with his love of fine things, wine from Persia, jewel-encrusted swords, and turbans embroidered in pure gold thread known as Zari work, who first popularised the work of the Banarasi weavers. His many wives were known to wear beautiful silk saris embellished with the fine brocade work and gold threads, much as are seen today in Banaras. Emperor Akbar so loved the silk work that even had his palace draped in it, carpets and wall hangings made from Banarasi silk. The beautiful sari designs are first created on paper. The pattern is punched into the paper, making it look much like braille. A separate pattern guides each roll, and hundreds of such patterns, known as patras, are created for a single sari. Based on these patras, the dyed silk and sari threads are wound into the handloom create the desired patterns. 
Back in the Mughal era, the designs on Banarasi saris largely consisted of Islamic motifs, such as floral patterns, stylized leaves, and the use of jali or network, all of which can also be found on the architecture. Today, while Islamic motifs remain popular, there is a variety of designs, including Hindu gods embossed onto cushion covers, wall hangings, and even saris. The intricate work takes a long time to perfect and to complete. Saris produced on handlooms can take anywhere from 15 days to a month, and sometimes up to three months if the work is particularly detailed. When Barack and Michelle Obama came to visit India in January 2015, it was known that Michelle Obama had praised the work of the Banarasi weavers and the beautiful saris. The people of India therefore created an exquisite cream-coloured Banarasi silk sari woven with gold and silver threads and gifted it to the First Lady. That sari took master weavers about three months to make. Weavers get paid per piece, a different price for a scarf, a sari or a wall hanging and the saris, the most intricate of all, demand a high price. The weavers often work from 6am to midnight for around 400 rupees a day on average which equates to about six US dollars or four pounds fifty. A simple sari can cost around two thousand rupees, but the more intricate ones with the gold threads could cost as much as fifty thousand rupees. The consumer demands are such that mechanisation of the looms has led to many master weavers being put out of work. The numbers have dropped in the last ten to fifteen years from a hundred thousand hand looms to around thirty-five thousand. There are also similar saris being made on machines without the quality of silken threads in other parts of Asia, making them more affordable but not of the same high quality. In 2009, Weaver Associations at Uttar Pradesh secured international property rights, a GI mark, for the Banaras, Brocades and Saris. This ensures that wherever you see the GI mark, it donates that the product has been sourced and made in the region and meets a certain standard of quality and workmanship. A large number of silk dyeing units use chemical dyes which are flushed into the already heavily polluted Ganges River. So natural dyes are now being developed. A research team from the Indian Institute of Technology has developed natural colours from plants, flowers and fruits such as acacia, marigold and pomegranate. The future for the master weavers is uncertain. The increasing mechanisation, competition from abroad and the recent demonetization has placed demands on the already stretched industry. But there will always be weddings and for a bride in India the Banarasi Sari is the ultimate prize for their special day. So long may that continue. As the sun sets over the Ganges River once again, as the lights from the candles dim, as the flames from the funeral pyres continue to blow and the looms clatter away in the back streets, the city of Varanasi for another day brings peace and blessings to all who seek it. A city of great history, a great holy city, a city of great change, Varanasi truly is a land of silk and dreams. Thanks for listening. For more information, links and sources, head on over to the website at www.injustoneday.com 
forward slash Varanasi. But until next time, have a great day. <laughs>